evidence of the eyewitness testimony within the Gospels is overwhelming. There is no doubt that the modern church in America has failed its people by not teaching them the earliest stages of church history. Apostolic succession paved the way to preserve the New Testament text. Welcome to another episode of Facts. I am your host, Stephen Boyce, and we're picking back up on the apostolic group, uh, looking at their influence in the world as apostles after Jesus's ascension. And we've made our way through. We've done some intermediate uh, things in between. We've done some other concepts and uh, had other discussions on the program, even did some on YouTube. But we're picking right back up where we left off. Uh, one of the most uh, requested that is still left was Simon the Zealot. And so today we're going to do his life. Uh, what little we know about him as far as the biblical texts are concerned. And then some of the confusing information we have historically about where he went, where he died. So we'll unpack some of that a little bit as well. Luke's gospel is particularly interesting in how it relays the name of Simon. Whereas when we get into Matthew and Mark, they use a different term, which I'm going to explain in a minute. But Luke, both writing in his gospel and in Acts, refer to him as the zealot. Zelotes in Greek. Whereas Matthew and Mark use a different word. They use a different word in Greek that seems to be more of an Aramaic backing that was moved into Greek, kananeos, and that's typically translated as the zealot as well, coming from the Aramaic language, meaning zealot or enthusiast. But there are differences. And the difference in the description between Luke and the other two synoptics because John doesn't refer to him at all, creates this, well, what is he? Or where is he from? Or what does all that mean? And we're going to unpack some of that here in a second. But looking at the list in Luke 6 and verse 15, you find that he is attached with Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, and then Simon, who is called the Zealot. And then it goes into the others. But the zealot is a member of what's called a fanatic group. It's, it's a patriotic group that was in Palestine that wanted independence from Rome. Uh, and they assassinated Roman officials or attempted to defend uh, themselves against the Roman taxation and overtake and overreach. And their goal was independence from Rome. And, and even Josephus gets into... Uh, the zealots, particularly around 68, um, and during that Jewish war fighting that went on, and he describes the zealots, which is why some people doubt whether or not this could actually be uh, the group of zealots that Josephus was referring to that was closer to 70 AD. Uh, now, with that being said, there's some arguments for and against that timeline, but the idea of zealot uh, could have preceded even the time of the war. Uh, there are some that talk about a group of zealots that existed that defended the priesthood or the mistreatment of priests 
by Roman officials that were a little bit earlier as well. And that could be uh, maybe the case in using the term uh, here by Luke. We really don't know. Uh, so going into some of these things, going into some of these terms, it causes great pull of confusion because of the meaning. Now, <clears throat> there are other places that it is used in the New Testament, the way that Luke uses it, or in similar forms, that do have other meanings. Uh, it could be somebody that's stirred by emotion or action. Somebody who is enthusiastic about something. Uh, it's used this way in Titus chapter 2, verse 14, talking about being zealous to good works. It is also used by Paul, and Luke uses that same terminology in Acts 22, verse 3, where somebody was devoted or zealous for the law of Moses, its teaching, its integrity, and they had great defense of it. Paul talked about that for his own personal life. So the word... Zelotes could be one of those three things and is used in that manner in all three phases, uh, particularly in reference to the zealot or somebody that is zealous. It's all of the same origin. And as I mentioned, there's dispute not only between this word, but also in Matthew Mark using another word, kananeois, and that is the way it is used in Aramaic, coming from the Aramaic, to be zealot or an enthusiast. And that's why most translations in English put the word zealot there. But we have to pause because now there's a discrepancy here too, because in, in many of the Byzantine manuscripts, it doesn't use exactly that spelling. Kenanites is the word that it uses, which could be in reference to somebody from the land of Cana. Uh, remember in John's gospel, we find that Jesus turned the water into wine uh, in Cana. Well, that is a term that is referencing somebody from that region of Galilee. And even the King James translators translated it Matthew in Matthew and in Mark for this word, because that would have been the uh, manuscript readings that they would have had in their published texts. They translate it Simon the Canaanite. Jerome and others continue this tradition as well, which I don't necessarily agree with. I think the better manuscript readings here uh, demonstrate to us that it is actually the enthusiast or the zealot from the Aramaic term. And I think the, the reading here is wrong in many of the Byzantine manuscripts. It is possible, given that Luke uses one word to refer to the zealots, which I think is a zealot group. Personally, I think it's referring to him as a zealot, one who is trying to be an independent from Rome uh, to assassinate, etc. I do think that's what it's referring to in Luke and Acts. If, let's just say for a minute, that the reading is correct in the Byzantine traditions, that it should be the Canaanite. It could be that based on just the Gospels, the synoptics, that he was both a zealot and from Cana. That may be the case. Um, I don't think it is, but it doesn't pose such a problem that it's something that we're left without resolve. Uh, because what it would just mean is that he was a Canaanite who was a zealot. 
But I don't think that's the case. I think that Matthew and Mark are using this a different term for the same thing. Now, let me tell you why I think that is the case. Matthew, I have stated on here numerous times, and I just stated in a YouTube interview just the other day on whether or not Levi and Matthew were the same, because I had a person who's a critic against something I said in my last program on Matthew. They do not believe Matthew and Levi are the same. I do, and I actually defended my reasons as to why in the YouTube program. But I mentioned that Matthew, in the origination of it, would have been an Aramaic or Hebrew gospel that was later edited and translated by others, including Matthew, to be published in Greek. So this would be another circumstance where Matthew would have utilized, once more, an Aramaic term. Uh, again, demonstrating that it came from that original language. Peter, preaching in Rome, perhaps used the Aramaic term for his friend Simon, uh, given his name was Simon as well, which is one of the most popular male names in the Palestinian region. And we're going to talk about that here in just a few minutes. Uh, but given that that was the case, he had the name Simon, it would have been more likely while Jesus was on earth and the apostles were amongst themselves that Peter being around Simon would have referred to him as the zealot through the Aramaic language. Luke being a Greek who's just investigating this would have just taken the translatable term in Greek. He's a zealot. And I think that's what happened. So I think it was the Aramaic term that was used by Peter in his sermon at Rome for the publishing of Mark's gospel. And I think that Matthew writing originally in that language would have used the term that was spoken amongst themselves. And Luke just took the translated word. That's what I believe is happening here in his name. So therefore I do believe he is Simon the Zealot, a part of the um, assassination group of individuals who wanted to kill Roman leaders, take over, win the independence of Jerusalem, as well as the nation as a whole. So I do think that's the group that he belonged to. Now, there were nine people with the name Simon in the New Testament. As I stated, I'll come to this a very popular name. Two of them, obviously, were amongst Jesus's disciples, who I just mentioned, Simon the Zealot and Simon Peter. Then you have Judas Iscariot in John 6, 71. And in John 6, Judas is called the son of Simon Iscariot. So when we look at Judas, he had a father named Simon. We also have in Mark 6, 3, who is one of Jesus's brothers. You had James, later known as James the Just, and you also had a son of Joseph and I believe Mary named Simon. He was designated as one of the brothers of Jesus. Then you have a Pharisee named Simon who invited Jesus to dinner. Yeah, does anybody remember that story in Luke 740? And that's where the woman poured the perfume on Jesus's feet and Simon the Pharisee was bothered by it. We see this Simon. Then there's Simon the leper who hosts Jesus for dinner in Bethany, Mark 14, 3. Then while Jesus was actually carrying his cross on his way to be crucified, they pulled a man from the crowd named Simon from the Cyrene to carry and help carry the cross of Jesus. This is Mark 15, 21. 
in Acts, there was a sorcerer who attempted uh, to buy and purchase the Holy Spirit power when he was around Peter in Acts 8, 9 through 24. His name was Simon as well. Then in Acts 9, there's another Simon when Peter was having the vision and the, the charts of all the unclean animals came down. He was staying at a tanner's house named Simon. So Simon is a very popular name and we don't want to get into the mistake of conflating people with the same name, given its popularity in the New Testament. And as it relates to this, let me go back to one of the Simons, <clears throat> Jesus's brother, because there's a dispute about this Simon, the zealot. Some believe, and you're going to see in a minute, believe that he went back to Jerusalem and became one of the bishops there after James was killed. I would dispute that because seems it seems like the lists that were placed there would be that Simon, the brother of Jesus, became one of those that came down and, and became a leader of the bishopric in Jerusalem after James. Not Simon the Zealot. But again, this, <clears throat> this is why many of these texts, I hope you notice this, they use descriptions when there's similarity of names. Simon, the brother of Jesus. The Pharisee named Simon. The leper named Simon. Simon from Cyrene. Simon, the sorcerer, Simon, the tanner. You start seeing descriptions and epithets with the names to make sure that you don't conflate them. Simon, the zealot, Simon, who is called Peter or just Simon, Peter. It's important to note these things uh, because what the biblical writers are doing is protecting you from conflating individuals and believing that they're the same person when they're actually not. So we see him as Simon the Zealot, uh, distinguished from the other Simons in the New Testament. So what do we know about him? Well, in the biblical text, we know nothing, just as his description, maybe who he was. And we see the beautiful nature of the gospel bringing Matthew, the tax collector, and Simon the Zealot together, and natural-born enemies, a Jew who is showing allegiance to Rome and, and really bringing his own people, his own countrymen into subjection to Rome's taxation and also stealing from them. And then a zealot who would have gladly killed a guy like Matthew. The gospel really unites enemies and brings forgiveness and restitution and healing. But outside of this, we really don't know anything about Simon. In the Golden Legend that we have mentioned multiple times, which is a document later compiled about all the lives of the ministries of many of the apostles, in the Golden Legend, it records that Simon was preaching in Egypt, the area of Egypt, and then later partnered with Judas, the brother of Jesus, being Jude, who wrote the epistle, Jude. It says that Jude preached first in Mesopotamia and in Pontus. Simon then preached in Egypt. And from there came to Persia and found the two enchanters, Zeroes and Arphaxat, who St. Matthew had driven out of Ethiopia. Now, if you missed that, you can go back. I, I told the whole story of what happened there where St. Matthew was challenged by sorcerers and then they left. They ended up leaving and going over to the area of Persia. And there in Persia, they ran into Jude and Simon, and they ended up uh, 
dealing with them just as Matthew had to earlier on in his travels. So we see that he was both in Egypt and then he went over to Persia and met up with Jude, according to the legend. Now, it also, in this same area, calls Simon the Canaanite or the Canaanian. So you have that textual variant situation again that comes into play about how do you spell that Matthew Mark. Now, Simon and Jude, it says Judas Thaddeus were brethren of James the Less, the son of Mary Cleophas, who is married to Alpheus. Now, in the legend, we have a little bit more information that he and Thaddeus. Now, this is where the disruption comes in because you have multiple Judes as well. Judas or Jude or Judah, all the same name. There's Judas Thaddeus. And then there's Jude, the brother of Jesus. So now there's debate even in the legends as to whether or not he met up with Judas Thaddeus who is called Judas Non-Iscariot in John's gospel, or was that Judas the brother of Jesus? See, it gets confusing because a lot of them have the same name. So in tradition, sometimes it could say Jude, and it's either referring to Jude the brother of Jesus or Judas Thaddeus, who is known as the disciple Thaddeus, or Jude, or the one who is called in John's gospel, Judas Non-Iscariot. But with that in addition, you find that the golden legend states that they were all brothers. Judas Thaddeus, Simon, and James the Less were sons of Mary Cleophas, the sons of Alpheus. Now, I don't know how true that is, but there's a lot of brothers in the apostolic group. Jesus had a great influence on families. You have James and John. You have Peter and Andrew. I mean, when you start getting into some of this stuff, it's very possible. You do have, perhaps, another set of brothers. And in this case, it would be three. Simon the Zealot, Judas Thaddeus, and James the Less. But we talked about this, and I even brought it up in the discussion I had on Matthew and Levi, that many would argue that James the Less had no brothers based on some of the wording in Matthew's gospel as well as Mark. Again, these are possibilities, not facts. But they should be noted because they're recorded in history and legend. Now, let me read other sections here in the Golden Legend because it goes further. It says at the very end of the narratives of Simon, it is found in diverse places that St. Simon, he was nailed to a cross, which thing Isidore says in the book of the death of the apostles and Eusebius of the history of the church and bead upon the acts of the apostles and Master John Belleth and his Summa witnesseth the same. 
And as they say, when he had preached in Egypt, he came again and was made bishop in Jerusalem after after the death of James the Less, which again, I think there's discrepancy there on whether it was James the Less or James the brother of Jesus. And then in addition to that, you have also which Simon was this? Was this Simon the brother of Jesus or was this Simon the zealot? There's a lot of confusion in the names because of the same names. It says, and was chosen of the court of the apostles. And it is said that he was raised, that he had raised 30 men to life from the dead. When he had governed the church of Jerusalem many years and to the time of Trajan the emperor, which is pretty far in, that's, that's a lot longer than a lot of traditions hold him to have lived. And the time of Atticus was consul of Jerusalem, of whom he was taken and tormented and done much wrong. And at the last, he was tormented and fixed to the cross, and he judged all that they were, marveled that the man, which was six scores years old, might suffer the torment of a cross. And some say, verily, that it was not this Simon that suffered martyrdom on the cross, but it was another, the son of Cleophas, the brother of Joseph, and Eusebius, bishop of Caesarea, witnessed in his chronicles. For Isidore and Eusebius corrected their chronicles of that, said, which appeared by Bede, and that he felt he revoked in his reaction, the same witnessed in his martyrology. Now, here's what I'm saying. Even Eusebius and others had corrected which Simon went back. I do not think it was Simon the Zealot. I don't think that was him. I think it was the other Simon. Now, there's also an infancy gospel, which are most of the time heretical and based on nonsense. Uh, but just the same for you to know, there's a Syriac infancy of gos- uh, infancy gospel, and it speaks of Simon. Uh, it says, a boy named Simon was bitten by a snake on the hand, and he was healed by Jesus, who told the child, you will be one of my disciples. The mention ends with the phrase, this is Simon, the Canaanite, of whom is mentioned and made in the gospel which has to be referring to one of Matthew or Mark. Can't be Luke because it didn't use the term. That has the discrepancy about whether it's Canaan, uh, the land, Canaan or Cana or Canaanite, or whether it's talking about the Aramaic group of Zealot. So here again, we have a Syriac gospel account, heretical, but this Simon the Zealot was bit by a snake. Jesus healed him and said that you'd be my disciple. And then it clarifies this was later the disciple, the saint, the one that is mentioned as a Canaanite. So we have more legend here. Maybe it's based on some traditional truth. I don't know. I don't trust a lot of those gospels for their information. Uh, it also says Jesus did all kinds of weird things, killing people, raising people, turning clay into butterflies and all kinds of stuff. So I, I don't know if, if I would call this good evidence, Uh, but there is legend there again about this Simon. Then we get to his death. So it it seems like his ministry and his death have conflating ideas or with other people particularly, or where and when it happened. There's quite a bit, so I'm going to go through these. We mentioned the golden legend. Uh, It goes into details of places that he could have died, but just relating that even historians change their minds in this. But it even states that he died in Persia around 65. So there's many other, and all the other interpretations of the golden legend that we talked about. In the fifth century, Moses of Corinne wrote 
that Simon the Zealot was martyred in Iberia. And that really isn't the most viable of the opinions that I have found. I, I don't see where there's a lot of help evidence there. Um, it's an earlier account. That's the only thing I can say. It's fifth century because there's a lot of later. The Golden Legend is much, much later. When you're looking at some of these accounts, it really does <clears throat> lack good evidence for one single argument. But that is one of the earliest. The churches in Ethiopia believe that he was crucified, but not back in Jerusalem, but Samaria. So we have couple of places that designate a crucified Simon, uh, either in Jerusalem or Samaria, being either the same guy or two di uh, different guys, but crucifixion would have been their tradition. Again, I don't find that one as plausible either. Now, there's other accounts in saying that he was crucified in 61 AD in the area of Great Britain, modern day Great Britain. According to Caesar Baronius and Hippolytus of Rome, Simon's arrival came in 44 AD to the area of what is known as England or Britain uh, during the Roman conquest. So that could be he was crucified in that area in modern day Great Britain. So we have three different accounts of a Simon being crucified. Jerusalem, Samaria, or Great Britain. And that to me is intriguing. Now, one of them has it around, you know, 61 AD. There's not really a date for the others. But there's three accounts of a crucifixion, but not in the same place. And we have Hippolytus, Caesar, Baronius, and others that are trying to pin into that point. Nicephorosus of Constantinople wrote, Simon born in Cana of Galilee. So he obviously takes the reading and that makes sense. He's in Constantinople. That's where a lot of the Byzantine manuscripts are. It's going to take it as the Canaan, uh, Cana type of ordeal. So that makes sense. He'd have that reading. Just saying. Simon born in Cana of Galilee, who was for his fervent affection for his master. So he takes zealot to mean affection for Jesus. Not so much the group. So that's interesting. And with great zeal that he showed by all means to the gospel. So it's saying it's his reputation for the gospel, not for a group of conspirators or independent patriots. Interesting. It says that with great zeal he showed by all means to the gospel was surnamed Zelates having received the Holy Ghost from above, traveled through Egypt and Africa and then Libya, all of Libya, preaching the gospel. The same doctrine he taught on the Occidental Sea and the Isles called what's known as Britain. Well, isn't this interesting? So we have a statement here that actually he went to a lot of these locations. Now keep in mind, this is an eighth century individual, eighth, ninth century. So it's, it, it is an earlier tradition. 
He's actually saying that Simon traveled a lot of places demonstrating his zeal for the gospel and that his zeal is because of all the locations he went. He says Egypt, we've already seen that one. Says Africa, the Ethiopian churches have a tradition. Libya, which corresponds back to the region we talked about with Moses of Corinne. And then that he went to the Isles of Britain of what's called today would it be Britain. So maybe all the church legends are right about location of existence and that he actually physically went to many of these places. The question then becomes, what about his death? Because they seem to maybe agree on where he was. And maybe that's why they all have a tradition about the locations because he actually went to those places. Hmm. Just saying. In the 16th century, Justice Lipsius claimed that he was, that Simon was sawn in half. And a lot of times you'll see actually uh, pictures or some level of painting of Simon the Zealot, and he's holding this saw. Again, um, I think that is the least likely. I think that his crucifixions are more likely than the sawing. The problem that I have with the crucifixions, again, goes back to the fact that when we look at Simon the Zealot, oftentimes he's conflated with the other Simons. And I don't think the Jerusalem crucifixion was Simon the Zealot. And then you have the conflation of did it happen in Great Britain or did it happen in Samaria? Because we have two different locations of a crucifixion there. Again, causing great confusion. But it is possible that he was in all of these locations that we're mentioning. I don't know if he was actually sawn in half. I, that is much later. And then you have traditions like in the Eastern tra traditions of Edessa that he just died of old age. He didn't even martyred at all. So where do I, I land with all this? To me, he is one of the most difficult ones to trace. Not so much geographically. I think these geography locations are pretty evident to me that tradition came from somewhere. And there seems to be a consistency of location of existence, but not where he died in those locations. Obviously, he was in Jerusalem at one point. The apostles spread to Samaria, so it's very possible he was in Samaria. I happen to land with the idea that he was in a location close to Great Britain. Hippolytus of Rome's pretty early. Um, we, we find, again, as I stated, an early document from Nicephorus of the Constantinople region, the Eastern tradition. That's an earlier record stating that he went there. I would definitely affirm his location, perhaps, in that part of Europe. There seems to be a consistent consensus about his location in Egypt. And even in parts of Africa, which again, you have the golden legend. You have Nicephorus, who's stating as well that he spent time in Africa, in Egypt. 
I, I Ethiopian Christians have a tradition, not that he died there, but that he went there. So I, I have no problem with that. Um, the gold legend says he was in Persia. Um, others are saying he went to Libya and places like that. Again, I have no problem with that region. Perhaps he spent a short period of time there. It seems most likely to me, folks, that he spent his last years in Great Britain, the area of Great Britain. Uh, and whether he died there, was crucified there, I don't know about a crucifixion. What's odd to me is that there are three accounts of a Simon being crucified, which is the more pressed way of death for him than any other. Yeah, we have one being sawn in half. I, 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 don't, I don't know if that one's the most plausible. It is more likely if he was martyred based on all the different traditions that he was crucified. Whether Jerusalem, doubt it. Samaria, mm, doubt it. Great Britain, that's eh, more likely. They all seem to have a tradition about the man as being crucified. So if, if he was martyred, and I think it's possible that he was, it's more likely that he was crucified than any of the other suggestions that I have read. Um, did he die of old age? That's plausible too, but we really only have an Eastern tradition that says as much. Maybe, maybe, maybe he died an old man. Some have him living all the way to the time of Trajan. And if that's the case, that would make most sense that he died as an old man. But even the golden legend hasn't been crucified. But again, there's edits, even Eusebius and Isidore and others went back and corrected some of their accounts, conflating Simon's. We have to be very careful how dogmatic we are in Simon the Zealot. So if I had to, if I had to give you an opinion, like, well, Stephen, where do you land? I think that Nicephorus of Constantinople is probably giving us the most accurate account because he seems to have a consistency with others. I think he probably spent some time in Egypt went over, spent time in Africa. Um, and then he traveled and met up with Jude. Whichever Jude it was, Thaddeus, probably. I would land with Thaddeus. I don't think it was Jude, the brother of Jesus. But one of the Judes in the area of Persia, spent some time there. And then at the end of his life, he went closer toward Europe and spent time in what's known as Great Britain. Um, if I had a land in a place, it would be there. As far as his death goes, the fact that crucifixion shows up in so many traditions, if I had to put a percentage on it, if I had to put any kind of percentage, and I hate to do this because of how ambiguous it is on this, how he died, if I had a land somewhere, 51% of me says he was probably crucified. I don't know where of the locations. I'm not comfortable with that position. But if I had to land somewhere and throw a percentage on it, because of how often it is mentioned in tradition, I would say 51% of me says he was crucified somewhere. 49% of me would say he died an old man. That, that, that's where I would land. Um, I'm willing to change that view because of the ambiguity. But I'm not willing to 
be dogmatic on any approach. The amount of statements on crucifixion caused me to land there the most. The statements of his life living up to the time of Trajan and then even the Eastern tradition saying he died of old age in Edessa uh, gives me that other 49% that says, but let me push back. The least plausible, I think, is that he was sawn in half. Even though there's a lot of figures and paintings and traditions showing that, but to me, they're much later. So this is Simon the Zealot. Um, and I do believe Zealot refers to that he was a part of the conspirator group uh, that was assassins. I do think that's what is referring to. I think he became zealous for Jesus as a result of his conversion. And uh, I do believe that's what the Aramaic word was conveying in Matthew and Mark, as I gave my reasons, demonstrating that he was a part of the zealot group. But then after his conversion, became zealous for Jesus and showed that zeal in the travels of sharing the gospel, working with other apostles, getting the nature of the gospel out into the world in places like Egypt, Ethiopia, Persia, Great Britain, Edessa, and, and other uh, parts of the world. I mean, he seems to have been one of the most traveled apostles of any of them that we have looked at thus far, and therefore concluding, yes, he stayed zealous, but what he became zealous for was the gospel and his master, Jesus, not some cause to overthrow governments. He, he was rather zealous for a kingdom, not the kingdom of Israel, but the kingdom of God. And that seems to be the case uh, with our man, Simon the Zealot. Well, thanks again for tuning in. As always, I appreciate the feedback and support. Those of you who have put in all kinds of words of suggestions to do different apostles. We're getting through it. We're moving through very quickly. Just a few more to go. Grace and peace to you. Thanks for tuning in.